0: Ten years old this week. Thank you. Unbelievable. And she ran so well this morning. She, she did. did. She did. Well right. Thank you, Mrs. Martin. Yes. So I think we, you know, with two in the room, I, we probably should sing, Happy Birthday, oh. to both women. And remember, that's B I R F, D A Y. This is birthday. Uh, happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, yeah. happy birthday yeah. dear you, yeah. yeah. happy
1: yeah. birthday yeah. to you.
0: You're not the, leaving? The ladies are actually going to watch from afar as they schnooze. I don't get it either. <laughs> All right. So uh, for those of you who didn't see, my godson,
2: Soraya. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, God my God. Is he really? What God. a fine young yeah. yeah. man. He's the sun duck. He's the
1: godfather. the sun, sun, sun duck. Duck. Did you do that on service? Because <laughs> it's
0: really cool. <laughs> so what do you think? It's a fine masculine child. I saw him doing switch-ups
3: earlier. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Hey,
0: hey, hey, All right. Where are my friends the rights?
2: In their designated place. In the
0: designated rights oh, oh, the other right spot. There right. it is. All right. That's well, we right. have two right announcements. <laughs> one great. of which is right, and one is very wrong. Yeah. The right announcement first, of course, is that in two weeks, these fine people will watch their eldest daughter get married to Zach. Right. tov. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I met Zach. He's a good man. The wrong announcement of the rights is that the other rights... Are I think going to be moving to Texas. Oh. That's, That's good too. It's good. <laughs> it's just not as it's just not as right as it could be for us. So uh, yeah, I've got his new uh, cell phone. So uh, I think he's out. You're out till Feb- you're out all of February. I think he's out three in a row, which matched up pretty much with where you were at. So I think at the beginning of March, we get to see Rick on Tuesday night again, and Jerry Wright will be back long enough to say. Goodbye. So uh, I don't know. I'm. I'm not. I don't have the details, but we want to ask them, not moi. So we were thinking maybe having
1: a goodbye. That's what I was thinking.
0: I think so. Let's have it at their house in Texas. No, no. Let's. Yeah, we should probably have it here. We're gonna have Okay. Uh, let's see. Let's see. And oh, I. I Kate was here. Kate's leaving. Kate was here last year. How many of you remember Kate from last year? Hey, Kate. I remember Kate. Hello. Kate has to sleep. I, I, I don't get it. Okay. It's Shabbat. I know, you know.
3: Did I miss...
1: Are there like, naps going
3: on? Naps are
0: not it, going on. They're going on. They're going on. It's a naps. I don't get it. So. I normally nap
2: here. I certainly... Yes. Yes. There's nothing wrong with that. All right. Mind. So, let's see. So did
0: Ashlyn... I did... Or Jonathan. 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 What a guy. Wow. What a guy. Wow. A right. mitch. What a mensch. He's a mensch. a mensch. Jonathan was uh, elected okay. by his peers to be the uh, head boy, the head of uh, Hallel. of Hillel, which is a student, Jew- a student group on <laughs> campuses uh, that's Jewish in nature. Get it? Hillel, right? Okay. Um, so he's actually the president. So he's uh, he's been invited to a leadership conference of Hillel and uh, is actually teaching last night and today uh, to their group. So pray for Jonathan. What a fabulous example of godliness in uh, in our world today. And uh, Gregory Greg, you can be very proud. It's a good man. He's a good man. I don't think the Torah North folks are listening to us anymore. But if they are, hello. Uh,
2: and we appreciated them sharing with us at Tuesday night.
0: Absolutely. In fact,
2: um, David McDonald, one
0: of the elders at Toron North, taught Tuesday night's class here. From, from there. Yeah, he didn't come down to do it. We did it remotely. Yeah. Um, Technology. Yeah, so we may be doing some more of that kind of stuff. Um, we're, we're working it out to see did you get the audio uh, The best way. I have the audio. Mm-hmm. That'll be posted uh, sometime after I mm-hmm. finish. After I finish. So it's probably it was tomorrow an sometime. Class. So we have last week's class. We have the portion discussion from two weeks ago will be going up uh, probably tomorrow. Uh, the portion discussion from today will probably be going up. And yeah, so there's a lot to catch up on there. So that's that's the dealio there. Did I miss any announcements? Oh, two more announcements the one behind me and the one with the lady in the door. So while Kate is leaving, it turns out that Rebecca is leaving as well. But. This is good. Rebecca will be taking her maiden voyage to the Holy Land (laughs) (laughs) on 3 March. Oh, yeah! As is is the custom of the community, if you want some prayers to be placed and brought to the place where God chose to place his name and where he promised to hear the prayers of his people, then you can the next time you see Rebecca, because you've got at least one more time.
1: Really?
0: Um, you want to make a note to write those down. Maybe praying for a mate. Maybe. 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 Mary, perhaps. Probably. So <laughs> so uh, Rebecca is graciously offered to do that for you. Uh, Kate, are you going?
1: You and I are saying. Here. So <laughs>
0: okay. So there we go. And finally then, if you're interested in joining our Hebrew class, which will be starting next month, Just as Rebecca is leaving, um, then you're going to want to do two things. One, you're going to want to uh, sit and chat for a few moments with Wayne, thank him for teaching that class, ask him if he can turn from Ashkenazi to Sephardi, and then on the bulletin board behind him, you're going to want to sign up there. We've got a good crowd that's uh, already starting, and we'll have more details on that, and final details, actually, in the next uh, portion uh, time together. Did I miss anything? Where's my bride? Did I miss anything? Thank you all for parking so parallelish in the cul-de-sac. It does make our life with our neighbors uh, easier. So um, we're thinking about having a a non-pig barbecue and inviting some of them back here to kind of meet us and realize that we're not quite as weird as they think. I think that there is some concern in my family that they may think that we are. Maybe
4: we should have like a bell outreach like <laughs> uh, work day Ooh. just do their yards more on
0: there <laughs> okay okay then we can knock on the door and say is there a any a- widows here how about orphans <laughs> no it's a freebie <laughs> we can do it on a sunday <laughs> that's right on sunday <laughs> yes ma'am, yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> Pray, continue.
5: Um, Pray and then continue. Yes, along with the parking, I just wanted to thank everyone for continuing to keep up with your RSVPs and meetup group. We do use those, so.
0: You have I no just, idea. The only reason the glass table's up is because we took the count and we didn't have to take it down. How many of you have actually participated in taking down or putting up the table? What a <laughs> pain in the neck. So, yeah, so if we know you're coming, it's not a big deal. I know but it gets
2: old week after week, but I, we try every now and then to remind people. It's exactly pretty helpful right. to know...
6: We there it is. Good. Thank you for that reminder. Yes, ma'am? Okay. That's um, a friend of mine, works with refugees, and there is a family from Africa. They are, I think, eight. With six children and a couple. So they are in need because the government just took them here, and they're they going to be, like, protected by the, by the government for six months they don't speak English they have uh, they have um, mm-hmm. this thing, tuberculosis I think, and they have to get some they milk. have tuberculosis? yes yeah, so they have to they need some shots. so it's like uh, the godfather so when he
0: came over okay yes. <laughs> so uh,
6: <laughs> it's a large family and they have like a lot of children and they need some like I don't know if you can provide some clothes and stuff for the kids and just something some I mean uh, like food or clothes, something for their family because they, they really need some help.
0: Okay, so here's how things work here. Mm-hmm. Since God has put this burden on your heart, you're in charge. So, <laughs> so you're going to want to make out a list, find out how old all those kids are, how big they are, all uh-huh. that kind of stuff, their names, all that kind of stuff, how we get a hold of them. So you should talk to any one of my daughters because they're real good at kind of putting the stuff out there where people can see so they can have it with the technology side but you get the, the scoop on the people what do they speak if they don't speak English? French.
1: So
6: but he's from Africa. I don't know what kind of language to be.
1: Not that so big. I don't know them. <laughs> it's, like friend, no, it's just like my South
6: friends <laughs> only
0: all them. Okay. So and I feel I I don't know. I have all. I I I'm all for that. If you got, got that feeling in your heart, then you move these people to do that, and we got it. So there we go. All right. So if your heart just get moved, that's who you want to see. She's gonna go find out. Okay. Questions. Yeah. Home. Homework. <laughs> That's the way it's supposed to be, right? We don't need a committee. We don't need anybody else to step up. God moved her heart. Now, God's moved my heart with regard to this week's portion. Thank you for sharing that. We're not going to start in this week's portion. We're going to start in the Haftar. You'll find that in Ezekiel chapter 43. Is it? forty-three?
1: through Page 1159. Page 1159. To have a homage like my daughters. Mm-hmm. Blessed
0: you, Adonai, our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with his commandments and has commanded us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Please, Adonai, our God, sweeten the words of your Torah in our mouth and in the mouth of your people, the family of Israel. May we and our offspring and the offspring of your people, the house of Israel, all of us, know your name and study your Torah for its own sake. Blessed are you Adonai, who teaches Torah to his people Israel. Blessed are you Adonai, our God, King of the universe, who selected us from all the peoples and gave us his Torah. Blessed are you Adonai, giver of the Torah. Amen. 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 I'm reading from Ezekiel chapter 43, verse 10. As you know, Son of Man, I dis- beg eh? pardon, I don't have my glasses there it is as for you son of man i was looking for them for almost two hours the other day and they were right where you see them now what are you laughing at as i pull mine out as for you son of man describe to the house of israel the temple that why they may be ashamed of their iniquities and they shall measure the plan and if they are ashamed of all that they have done Then make known to them the design of the temple, its arrangement, its exits, and its entrances, that is, its whole design, and make known to them as well all its statutes and its whole design and all its laws, and write it down in their sight, so that they may observe all its laws and all its statutes and carry them out. Now I'm not the uh, Hebrew scholar in this room, we all know that, but the word to scribe in verse 10 is actually nagid, it's the word to sing. So, sing and broadcast around how cool the temple is. The idea being that when the people hear this, they'd be ashamed. How is it that people who hear of the temple of God, which we're reading about in excruciating detail right now, would be ashamed? Why would that be? Because they're not doing it? Because they forgot about it? Why? Why do you think? They're getting kicked out of
2: it? They're already out of it. Oh, that's cool. All right. I mean, I feel like reading through that that portion, and then also this one, the thing that really comes home is the holiness of God. Amen. And um, the Mm -hmm. immense number of rules and guidelines and procedures and walkthroughs you have to do to simply even get into the presence of God approach Forget staying there. I mean, just even to simply have the privilege of offering an offering, you've got to offer a whole stack of offerings.
0: Because we've got to get the place set for him, right. and then we can show him.
2: Right. And so um, I think that that by itself is, or uh, should be, humbling to look at and think, wow, if God is that holy, if there's that m- many requirements and restrictions associated with his presence, then... Um, like, what is my life looking like? How, how meticulous am I to keep sin out of of the, the temple of God, as it were, of his community, his people? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and how much am I then shaming or disgracing him with what I have allowed in?
0: Amen. Who is, who are his representatives here? His people. And if there's sin in the camp, we should be ashamed. Rick.
7: Um, the focus... This week, in, in the portion, as opposed to the hafta, the portion's focus was on the the priestly garments and the and the family that they came from. Levi, if you remember back in the portion where where uh, uh, <laughs> Leah has her son Levi, you know, she names him Levi because she wants to be joined to her husband. And the portion is named uh, Tetzava, which comes you get the same root for Mitzvah, right? Which is a, it's a nail. It's it fastens something to someone, right. or, or something to it. You know, and all the way yesterday last last week was, we had the description of the tabernacle and the and the and the nails, the pegs, yeah, pegs that everything were hung on. We were reminded again and again, and this and now in the haftar as well. The reason why they're ashamed is because they're not joined to him. Exactly, they're not seeking to be joined to him, and the whole portion is supposed to teach us that. The purpose of the commandments, the commandments in this portion are specific for the temple and the tabernacle. But the purpose of the commandments is to join ourselves to the Almighty. Uh, we, we oftentimes talk about commands in a in an abstract sense, and, and reading them and literally, we say, well, there's no there's no if they're just we just do, it. and that's true. But when we simply leave it at that level, or that's good. We miss their purpose, and their purpose is actually to join us
0: to him. And we we miss the whole reason. So that connection, the relationship is gone. So I can't disagree with you uh, in any way. I think that's exactly it. When they hear about the temple, they should think about the relationship that they no longer have. You're just going through life, and it's not there. So the design and making known to them this design over and over again for an entire paragraph there, uh, three solid verses, uh, is specifically that, that they would have that intimate knowledge of how things work and what it's all about. And, and therefore, we get this connection. So I've, uh, I've pulled out uh, both my uh, Mikdash, Beit HaMikdash book, and my Mishkan book. If you wash your hands, feel free to look through it afterwards. Um, it goes through pages and pages of the uh, garments of the of the Cohen uh, and uh, the Cohen Gadol, or the big priest, the chubby priest, the fat priest. Well, he's wearing eight layers. Well, yeah, he's a strong priest. That's right. Very strong. The gold on this. So there's, and this is big. Now, I got a question earlier. Why is it so detailed? I mean, come on! I mean, just a, a gentle. He wore a little bit of purple. There's a lot of blue. We got some serious colors. yada yeah, bada We got a little thing in here. Boop, bada boop, bada 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 bada. You know, stripes on the side, epaulets. You know, he looks swanky. That could have been a real short deal. Why? Why so much detail, Mary? Why so much detail
1: because on we'll these garments? To, we'll have to recreate it again.
0: Because we got to make it. Amen. Yeah. Whoa, no, Mary, I think, I mean, really, the Presbyterians are really pushing that, you know, (laughs) this whole temple in 40X of uh, Ezekiel is really just an ethereal, this temple will never be built. So, are we really going to have to make these garments?
2: Maybe not me personally, but as a people, yes.
5: Yeah, so we have. Rabbi,
0: we've got to say. Yeah, and most of those are, really if not nice all of them. Case
2: yeah. yeah, are, they all,
0: are yeah. they all done? Yes. Most. Of them. See, so, so the question right. then is still is still there. I got you. Is what what's the deal? I mean, does it have to be exactly like these?
2: Well, it's not going to work if it's not.
0: It's not going to work if it's not. The right it, it's, not. it's just too indefinite for uninterrupted. Yeah. <laughs> <of the> <laughs> yeah. That's That's an I, it's like a portal. Whoa. So, so Hamakom, the place, dwells in that place so that we might approach the place. And if it doesn't work...
6: Right, it's very... There's a protocol to God. God made a protocol. God made a protocol. So,
5: if we don't do it exactly the way he said, then...
6: I know yeah,
0: it won't work.
5: Things <laughs> come about. Yeah.
0: Bad things happen. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that
8: that is boring.
0: Boring. I that. <laughs> that is definitely
8: a good point. But I wondered if we could actually recreate it because
0: of the people that were actually doing this were endowed with this special ah. skill. I, I, I didn't. I didn't catch any Betzalel deal on this one. Really? I, right. I. I was just reading just normal stuff. In fact. I think a lot of the regular I I concert B flat Gentiles and Israelites were involved with the weaving and embroidering.
8: But could be. Probably. I mean, that's for, for yeah for a certain pieces of it. But what, one of the things that Morgan and I were talking about last night at the at Shabbat table was um, it, it was much like, you see, because you could go through it, and it is a lot of detail, more detail than most of the other parts of Scripture. And it's just interesting because you, you can almost hear somebody... Reading it with that sort of tone that goes, you know, all right, now make sure that you put this there and that there. But we sort were Sort of a boring com- thing. Exactly. But yeah. we were commenting, like, it's actually, I think it's so detailed because it really demonstrates God's enthusiasm for this. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, if I were to, dim- to like, try to describe to you, like, the interworkings of a website, that's what I do every day. Yeah. So I, I, I love that. Yeah. And I'll tell you, like, every painstaking detail about like where this goes and what that plugs into and and how this works and actually if you do this then you're going to have to do this as well and you get like excited describing something. I think I get you. And Um, so I feel that's the tone that I get out of, uh, that we were talking about out of this portion is just this enthusiasm for creating these things that brings God, number one, glory and pleasure.
1: I
0: don't think I ever had the opportunity to discuss this with my children. Um, but as you know, I was in the military for uh, probably a decade or so. And. Am I the hell- still the only guy here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, our son is
6: gone.
0: That's right.
7: Mm-hmm. Some of us, Yes, uh, Sean, Sean was a special, special forces.
0: forces so, I don't know how often you got dressed up, but that was a big deal for, for us, right? You know, so you're going to put on the Class A's, or better, we're going to put on the the dress blues, the mess whites, the mess blues, and so forth in the Army. And it was an amazing thing. You know, with the we got the crease, and the crease is exactly this far from this edge. And then, I've, you know, by the time I went before the E5 board, I actually had some medals or some ribbons, and those had to be perfectly placed in exactly the right spot because it was really an amazing thing. And it was a special thing. And it elevated you above those who didn't have those. And if you were going forward to get a medal or a ribbon or some type of an award, it was an amazing thing to be honored in that fashion. And I see a whole lot of honor for Aaron here. I mean, this is just amazing. One guy gets to wear this suit. Did I miss anybody?
2: But he can go next. I'll come after him. Hmm.
0: Uh,
4: So a couple things. Just picking up on that point. Uh, Actually, this portion does say, chapter 28, Verse twenty-three. Uh, I'm sorry. Verse three. Uh, and you shall speak to all the wise-hearted people who i have invested with a spirit of wisdom, and they shall make the best of us. So there is God, some some sense of right. God does direct the hand of those yeah. who, yeah. who yeah. are Good. involved in the physical making of the garments. He did it then. He's doing he it. He does it yeah. now. He'll do it again if he needs to. Right. So that was one point. The other the other thought. Um, going back to the Ezekiel 43 reference um, where it talks about uh, let's say here so it says uh, describe the temple to the house of Israel that they may be ashamed of their iniquities um, and let them measure the, the plan um, that reminds me of another verse um, several chapters earlier Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 10 where Ezekiel describes the Shekinah the dwelling presence of leaving yeah, the yeah. the temple and it says that it departed from the threshold of the temple yeah. and um, and there's an interesting midrash in in um, Lamentations Rabbah where the midrash says it d- provides a little bit more detail and it says that when the Shekinah was departing that it, it moved first to the threshold from the threshold to the to the eastern gate uh, from the gate to the courtyard from the courtyard to the roof from the roof to the wall from the wall to the city and then from the city to the Mount of Olives and then it ascended the Shekinah ascended back to heaven from the Mount of Olives because obviously M- Mashiach, Messiah, Yeshua, who is our Kohen Hagadol, I mean, according to a higher order. Yes. Yeah, right? I mean. um, he takes his position. We talked about this around Shabbat table last night. That there were there's basically three offices that were required to be anointed by oil: a prophet, a priest, and a king. I mean. And when. Yeshua came physically walking on the planet. Uh, I would argue he came in the office of a prophet because he came preaching repentance, he came performing signs and wonders, you know, things that are associated with a prophetic ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was not a high priest at that point. When did he become a high priest? Well, he became a high priest after his, his death and resurrection, which is also kind of interesting because. When in this portion, when we inaugurate Aharon and his sons, what's one of the steps we have to do in that ceremony? They have to. They have to do what? They have to be mikvah, right? What's the whole point of a mikvah? You go into the water; it's like death. Romans you come 6. out of the water; it's like resurrection. So, when did Yeshua take up the office of of our high priest after his death and resurrection? A kind of a, a mikvah of sorts, you know, uh, allegorically speaking. Mm-hmm. And then he ascends to the temple. The original. The original uh, temple in heaven, where he is now our high priest. So he was anointed as a prophet, he was anointed as our high priest. And then when he returns, of course, he returns as king, mm-hmm. of which he will be anointed. Again, so anyway, so that passage with the temple with, with Ezekiel just reminded me of the midrash that I was reading about the Shekinah departing, but it ascended to heaven
0: from the Malbalas, which. Is just really so it can cool. be a chill bump deal. Yeah.
2: So. <laughs> Good job. Thank In you. thinking about the the, nes- the detail of this passage, I think one of the things that we underscore very much is how serious it is to God. Um, there is a reason why most of the really freaky and intense like bang, he did this and he died kind of stories involve the elements of the temple because when you're talking about the presence of God, he is infinitely holy and when unholiness gets in there when protocol is violated there's really only one legitimate response. There's well we could, we could either de
0: God where we could destroy what's attempting to do so.
2: And since God usually doesn't Doesn't leave that question up to (laughs) us, he takes care of himself, and and you get the story of Uzzah, he touches the ark to keep it from falling down, and he dies. Um, Nadab and Abihu, they get up, and they bring in the the wrong fire, and they die. And Uh, in fact, it was this
0: portion where they were taught...
2: What not to do. What not to do, exactly. So this, um, I think it's... I think there's two, I think, lessons here. One is the importance and seriousness of this which I think should elevate it in our minds. Like like Mary was saying, it's a future thing as well. It's so sad, this is probably the part that most people ignore or or totally cast aside. Well, it's obviously yeah, but it one of the important. most important parts to God. But then the other thing I think too that's interesting is that the amount of detail God gives here and sometimes the lack of detail he gives elsewhere to me is a little bit of an encouragement that God has a certain level of patience, as it were, as we study his word. I think that some of the fulfillment of the mitzvot, the halakha, is intentionally vague so that we will have to seek him out to better understand mm-hmm. what he meant and how he meant us to do it. Um, that means that along the way, there's a certain level of patience with that. With these rules, there's no opportunity for patience. It's, mm-hmm. most, it's most important you get it right the very first time. So it's very meticulous, very exact. And I think that it, that shows us God's, both his graciousness and His Holiness at the same time. Agreed. Mm-hmm. In my uh, my Temple Tabernacle book here,
0: it opens, talking about the garments of the Kohanim, with a quote from the Talmud, Zebuchadnezzar 88b. And since I happen to have the Talmud in the next room, I always find it pretty handy to take a look and see. Is that really what it says? Because maybe it was one of those weird translation things, and they're torquing it. But it's really what it says. It says, why was the scriptural passage concerning sacrificial offerings put side by side to the passage concerning priestly vestments? We heard about the offerings, now we've got the vestments. Just as offerings atone, it's to tell you that just as offerings atone, so do the priestly vestments atone. And it goes through what they believed each one atoned for if there is atonement from God one would think it needs to be as Joshua said exactly according to the way he said it needed to be done if even doing the incense which really doesn't have a whole lot to do with atonement when done wrong could kill you one would think that these vestments when worn might have a very special sense. You'll recall that uh, Moses is described as being very strong, could still see, he was ready to keep going, and God said, You're gonna die today. Go up to the mountain, we'll have a little chat, that's it. And he died on the mountain. How did he die? Well it appears God took his life. How did Aaron died. It doesn't say Aaron was old, feeble, and just ready to just lose it right there in the wheelchair, and the vestments kept getting caught in the wheels. It doesn't say that. In fact, he had to climb the mountain. When they get up on top of the mountain, what did they do? Take off his They took that off. What happened? There, that's it. Those vestments evidently kept him alive. Uh-oh. I think one other, just to
4: follow up, uh, on what uh, Joshua was saying in terms of how important this is, uh, it's interesting that this portion uh, is one of the only portions. I think it is the only portion in the Torah where the name of Moshe is not mentioned. Hmm. Hmm. So let's think about that for a second, because Moshe,
0: top shelf, he is
4: he is top shelf, right? He is uh, he
2: is. First, a priest. He's, he's
4: a type of Messiah, right? And he's running the show, you know, from, you know, from the beginning of the book, you know, all the, you know, all the way through to the Yeah. But this particular portion, his name does not show up a single time, which is if to say. What I'm doing here by consecrating a priest, is so important. That the limelight moves completely off of Moshe Rabban and it's totally
0: focused on Aaron the sons mm. and like what's it. going on here. Mm. So. That's good. That's mm-hmm. good. If you had to describe these vessels. I'm sorry. Yes, ma'am.
6: Well, I think I'm skipping back. I, I missed something there. What I liked about. This oh, th- I think we're still e- in the yeah. first verse. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in Ezekiel, yeah. I love where it and where it says, "Then I will accept you." Yeah. after all of this, absolutely do this again. The, it's the precision. I I love the thought of the precision of it. And what's you the inverse? The other thing too.
0: What's the inverse? If you do that all you this, I will. But if, you, if you don't,
6: I won't. I know. I, I know. It's and I've liked uh, the Bereans Rick's thing mm-hmm. too, where it really brought out to me. The difference between holy and profane. Mm-hmm. Kind of see that more this year than I ever than I ever have.
0: This is uh, Marianne's one-year anniversary with our community. Thank you. And she finally gets it. takes me a while. So,
1: still getting it.
0: if you had to, uh, if you had to describe these priestly garments, begad to someone who had not read the Bible, and they weren't going to be making them. You were just trying to describe it as if I was there, didn't have my iPhone, you should have seen it. Unbelievable! How would you describe it? What would be the very first thing that you would say? There's Aaron, big beard. Now what? First thing that comes to mind. Colorful. Colorful. Gold. Gold. It's like gold everywhere, right? It's gold in everything. Gold. Okay. (laughs) Tell me about that breastplate with the stones. Obviously, it's about here. Ah.
6: It's square, which is interesting because that reminds me of the New Jerusalem, which will be
4: square. I like that. 1500 by 1500. Or 1.5 by 1.5. And the similar stones that we
6: see yes. later on, the description of
0: many well, the foundation stones. Right? The
4: foundation
6: stones that we see. You know, and, the, and the names, some of them we don't quite know what they are today, but sound beautiful. The inscriptions of each tribe on each stone. All
0: right, let's slow down. you got a lot going here. So we got this breastplate, and I've got how many stones on it? Twelve. Twelve. In what order? In order of the birth of the tribes. Uh, why did I have to say that?
5: Yes, other times it's all over the place.
0: You you could do a Bible study for the next month or so just on what the order means. That this guy is now up here and this guy, he's missing. So, stuff like that. So, so we got birth order, and every single one of them has a stone. I didn't know that. I watched the movie, everyone had a flag. I didn't know they had stones, too. What else?
6: Pomegranates. I thought of Gabby.
0: Um, Pomegranates, okay? Yeah. So you got to, and you wanted to make sure you get the rhythm there, right? A bell and a pomegranate, a bell and, yeah, pomegranate yeah. a bell and pomegranate, a bell and pomegranate, a bell Love Okay, the good. The Tully Tote. The Tully tote? tote. Somebody who hasn't heard the Bible would think the Tully Tote
1: was
2: weird.
0: Okay. Um, yeah. I'll grant you that. They would think it weird. Good. What else? The turban. The turban. Mm-hmm. Now, this guy, I I don't think I've ever seen anybody wear a turban and a crown, or tiara, if you will. Okay. Uh, although tiaras tend to be feminine, this one was solid gold, so I wouldn't call it very feminine. Why is your Why is your head down like that? <laughs> so the tiara or the bre- the head plate headpiece is is gold, but he's got the turban, turban thing going first. We were just saying Johnny Carson. Mm-hmm. That's right. Carnac <laughs> right. the Magnificent. Of course, there's only like three of us in the room who have any idea what we're talking <laughs> right. about. Maybe less. You put the envelope to the forehead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was there uh,
1: something written? Carnac? No, 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 no. Yeah, there's something in the envelope. Yeah. No, no. no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Holy to
0: the
6: Lord.
0: Yes. yes. Right. Holy to the Lord. Which yeah, also down reminds down. me
6: of Zechariah, where it talks about the end days. Holiness to the Lord shall be engraved on the bells of the horses, the pots, and the Lord house. Every pot in Jerusalem shall be holiness to the Lord. So this is significant because it's just on a high priest. So
0: it's like a preview. Mm -hmm. We're starting up here and it's almost like one of those technicolor we're going to get color everywhere. We're going to holiness everywhere. Amen. Good. Okay. go ahead, More question of the
3: gold bells. I've heard it said that you can't hear gold bells, but when I heard I'm the same thing. In the commentary, is seen them indicate that you he can't hear gold yeah.
0: bells. Yeah. Um, I I heard a teaching from uh, Joseph Good, I think it was, who okay. said he's made one, made a golden bell, he got the clapper wrong. in there, and it doesn't make any sound. He made it wrong. He made it wrong. Made it
1: wrong. You can hear it.
0: Both sides of it okay. are amazingly cool. The fact that you can hear the bells, there's great stuff to be learned there. The fact that nobody can hear the bells but God is also very cool. I don't know. But I'm going to put a pomegranate and a bell, pomegranate in the bell, pomegranate in the bell. She said to put a little swish action and you get the bell sound.
1: Okay, cool.
2: Yes? I like the fact that your Talmud quote you pulled up earlier, I was reading over your shoulder, thank you for sharing. Yes. Um, has... Uh, Focused on the bells and pomegranates as, like, make, atoning for the sin of Lashon hara Because they make a sound. But, like, this, so it's, atoning for the sin of evil speech. Mm-hmm. Um, which I thought was so much cooler than, like, the normal, like, Christian interpretation. They had to have bells, because if they died in the tabernacle, they had to hear and know, yeah, they oh, he them. fell over. Oh, no more bells. And they put a
0: rope around him. Put a rope around him and pull that out. It's like... You mean that's
2: not true? No. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't think that's true. Yeah.
0: So... Are you stretching or? Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like bidding at an auction. Be careful now. You might end up owning a home or a leather coat.
5: Going back to the flags. Yes, sir. That's actually the only way they know what the colors of the gems are. Because there's only over 30 different opinions on sure, what it is. But the way that the tip was to narrow it down is looking the at the flags. They watch the movie. No. watch <laughs> the movie. There it is. <laughs> no, they didn't watch the movie, but there's a ancient um, commentary knowing what they are those match up how about that and then we know the the colors of the flags Uh, so therefore we know at least the colors and the approximate type of stone that it could be cool the other thing is I was talking to Greg about this the first stone Reuben it also has the names of um, Abraham Yitzhak and Yaakov on the the one that they've done for the Temple Institute Mm -hmm. above Reuben's name on that first stone Hmm. I'm not sure why, but they allowed to do that? They mm. did it. They did it. And then Greg was uh, pointing out that there's also something transcribed under Benjamin's name as well. Do you know what it is, Greg? I, I can't remember what,
4: what it is, but there's an inscription on the first stone above Reuben's name, which is the forefathers, and then below Benjamin's name, under his, on his stone, there's another inscription.
3: No. No. but you don't know right so you can't deny that I do not remember what right. well, hey. well, this is really interesting you know you mentioned that fire with the two sons of Aaron What happened that they introduced some strange fire and then in Deuteronomy and this is something we discussed about a week ago I think it's chapter 13 1 you know these are my commandments thou shalt not add nor take away from them so you sort of wonder even though they're trying to glorify this are they taking away from the commandments of God it's much like tuning into an instrument or designing code. An extra line, add an extra line. You want up destroying the program. So just like taking away a line, may be as bad as adding a line. Mm-hmm. That the Kaddish Boru wants us to do it exactly the way it is. So this basic portion of the Torah basically dealt with not just the glory of Aaron, but he is representing all of us to, for the glory of the Kaddish Boru. So do, when he says the counters
0: bark, do you have any idea who he's talking about? No. no. The Holy
3: no. One Only the blessed Only Thank you.
1: There you know. go. And <laughs> hey,
3: yeah, so that's what's important. Being that this is what Hashem wanted us to do, do we really have the right to embellish that, even though we think it's for the good? What do you think? Don't know. I think
4: it's always good. To do exactly what Hashem says. I um, but anyway. I can tell you're a father of children. <laughs>
0: so, so here's a here's a question. Is it okay to add this? That also does imply
7: that there are certain things that we may not have had written that are certainly because we know well, we just know for a fact there have to have been
0: stuff passed down.
7: Something, something at least demonstrated because the Torah doesn't tell us. And or yet they did it,
0: and and not only that, but why did he go up on the mountain? Right. Why couldn't he just tell them? We right. actually had to show them.
7: So there is. So, so even though the words are exact without question, yep. there is there is the implication at the very least that some things were demonstrated, and that without a without a continual line of tradition,
0: we would not know. Correct. Correct. And and I've heard it said that if you. If you just take your Bible, depending on your, your version, and you try and build a tabernacle, I just don't think it would hold water. Well, literally.
3: That, that's so, no Ark, I think. Yeah, yeah. right.
0: So, so what's, what does he look like when he's all dressed up? Number one color. Blue. 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 blue.
7: White is
2: over the blue. It's Italian blue. He had the whole huge long blue robe thing going on. Was that a blue robe? I've
4: actually seen up close to personal, Right um, Rabba Kim Richman from the Temple Institute. When he comes to the States, he often does several trips and stops in Texas. Yeah. So about seven, eight years ago he came uh, he came and usually when he comes he oftentimes will bring a one piece or two. A piece or of something that they've either recently completed or whatever. That this particular year that he came to Houston, he brought the miel, the the blue yeah. tunic. Uh, and so, uh, before he spoke and after he spoke, you know, they had it on display. Um, it, it was open; it wasn't behind glass or anything. It was open; you couldn't touch it, but you could walk up and get really close to it. And the thing that struck out stuck out to me the most was, uh, you know, it's 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 totally you know blue to hell, you know, as the primary color, but it's woven in Crimson. with gold thread as well. Yeah. So, the go- but the gold thread is, um, it's, it, it just, it catches the light and it kind of shimmers, right? But it's not very pronounced. Right. But, and this is like, not thread like dyed gold color, this is like gold, gold. thread, mm-hmm. okay? <laughs> and it's woven through this, this garment is really, really, really beautiful. It, it, I can't imagine wearing it. I mean, it looks so heavy and hot. Yeah. And yeah. But, um, but it's very, very impressive.
0: Yeah. So, you're if you're wearing this big blue thing, and you got the turban on, you got the breastplate on, you got the epaulets on, the crown. you got the crown tiara thing on. got oil on your head. And the tunic. I'm trying to figure out. If you're about to go before the Holy One, blessed is him. What does he see? Is this glorifying God? If he walks in as the high priest, who does he represent?
5: Israel.
0: The nation. The nation. So what does God see? His people. He sees his people. He sees the glory of his people. Mm -hmm. The beauty, the preeminence of his people. What Mm -hmm. makes them that way?
2: Him. You? I was just going to say, I think God himself says in this Torah portion, like, you know, on the crown so that, you know, you bear a, a, a remembrance to me of exactly. the people for their, exactly. their sins, and also the
4: bells, the same thing, and the inscription on the breastplate. It was all to remind him,
0: yeah. of people. Yeah, it's like the rainbow in the sky. Noah's rainbow. Yeah.
1: It's
0: not for us. Who's Who's that for? It's not for you. It's not for me. It's for him. Yeah. I'll put my bow in my sky so that I remember. Thank you. Oh, I think your pardon, yes. Sir.
4: Well, it, it's interesting because you we know, have we have these very and, uh, and, uh, and ornate uh, vestments that are beautiful and striking, mm. and all of this, but, but yet when uh, when the Kohen Hagadol went into the Holy of Holies on one day a year, all of that comes off, and he goes in wearing a simple white linen garment. Mm-hmm. So when he actually stands before the dwelling presence on that side of the curtain there's no there's no show, there's no show there it's just humility and simple purity Amen. Um, so there is a, a striking yeah. difference yeah.
0: when the holiest man on the planet goes into the holiest place on the planet on the holiest day of the year to come before the holy one, blessings it's well, it's the white linen of the saints. I know I read that somewhere. It's it exactly. really it kind of interesting, too, because
8: it's like the flip of the, the actual tabernacle. The most beautiful part is in the part that no one really goes in. Yes. And as you get further out, it's like more like copper is used, or bronze, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So it's interesting. And the, and the, the, and the, and and the
0: guy like is the opposite. You're yeah. right. He's all dressed up.
4: Hmm. Shep's concerned
0: about the inner thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
6: yeah. I Just have a question point. about the and and Oh, troublemaker, the oh. and woman. <laughs> that's that's yeah. one of my questions on an get in the world's come. Is like, can I understand this? Yeah, we see glimpses of it, but it doesn't always make sense. Yeah. The Talmud so? talks
5: about it it's batteries for the lights. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's inscribed on the breastplate with all of the 12 names, um, along with. Uh, it's actually in Yoma, 73. I was just looking at this. Um, but there's a couple letters missing, so they say, well, it's got all the, the names of the 12 patriarchs on there. That's why they inscribed scratch the letters. Including, um, I forget, there's a couple other things, because all the letters have to be there, because when they consult it, There's two opinions. Either it lights up the correct answer of whatever question you're asking. (laughs) Which which unfortunately can only be yes or no and must be posed in the form (laughs) of a question. (laughs) Or the letters of the answer to the question protrude and then it's not just as though anybody could go up and look at it. The letters protrude but not in order. So the priest who's looking at it has to have the Spirit of God in order to put the letters in the correct order for the answer. So it keeps it from being abused by just anyone. And the other part is that the Talmud talks about that the prophetic utterances, there's there's conditions to prophetic utterances. Like when Jonah pronounced 40 days in Nineveh will be overturned, there's an implied condition of that it wouldn't happen if they actually turned. But the Urim and Thummim, when the answer is given, there's no going back, no matter what. Mm -hmm. It's final, it's set, and the last time that the Urim and Thummim were mentioned are in Ezra and Nehemiah about they are trying to make a decision and they can't until they get a priest who is able to read the Urim and Thummim there. Then it kind of disappears from the biblical text from there. Mm -hmm
0: i got to get a couple of these stones.
5: <laughs> 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 the Gudnik
7: the uh, uh, brings the opinion that the Urim and the Kunin are the name of God written upon parchment and placed into the ephod and it basically causes the ephod to be alive. It, it lights up. Oh, cool. Yeah.
0: yeah I, th- I think of the breastplate God. stones.
4: I think um the the understanding of what the actual names of the center is derived from or lights. Yeah, light. So it's lights. Yeah. Right. And the yeah. is I think uh, like perfection. Perfection is yeah. one of the uh, one of the understandings being that the light Brings the clear, you know, the light brings the clear, clarity. Cl- brings clarity, <laughs> brings the the proper or you know, the complete understanding, mm-hmm. the proper direction, you know, that kind of idea, is 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 one of the opinions on what the names actually mean mm-hmm. for the stones. Um, um, so anyway, there's a bunch of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Right
2: there, but cool. a, Joshua. I think it's cool that in both the shoulder. Um, epaulets epaulets and also with the breastplate um the way it's described and how it's inscribed is like that of a signet ring and um i think the only person i know now that has a signet ring is you or some sort your little wax seal deal but it's cool because in in ancient times they were much more common and it's because that's the only way you would know for certain that it came from you um, whenever I get since you were the only one I know that even has one you get a little wax seal on the back and you're like I know who this came from <laughs> um, but they would specifically design it to be the image for the whatever the royalty was the, right. the, the, the crest or whatever it might be right. um, in this case it's really cool because it's like Aaron is the like exact uh, uh, representative of the people of Israel he is like their signet ring before God and he stands oh, before them cool. as like a, as like their image as oh. it were on their behalf. What's really neat about that is, uh, thinking about that in the context of Yeshua, is that Aaron, it's like if you had to pick one dude to represent the people before God, let's pick the holiest most impressive fellow that we've got. Yeah. And that's the whole thing like Aaron is sanctified, he's set apart he's wearing the Holy to the Lord uh, item, he's got all the garments on With I mean, he's the best possible representative that they have, or he should be and he's the one that goes before them. In the same sense, it's like Yeshua comes on our behalf. and He is perfection. Um, he is complete. So that uh, yes. when, when God is dealing with his people, as it were, and, and Yeshua enters as a, as a mediator, it's like you've got, the, or as the, the, um, the uh, almost like the attorney, as it's kind of described in 1 John, you've got the most, you have the best possible representative on your side. Mm. Mm-hmm. I like
6: I think it's interesting yes, um, with the Yeshua and also just with the tabernacle here that, I mean, who is Israel? They're just, they've been slaves, they're a couple months, couple weeks out in the desert and, I mean, they don't really know, God's the one who takes the initiative here, he says, build this, I may dwell among you, I just think that's really beautiful and really like gracious of God that he, and I mean, they didn't necessarily know how to approach him, so he gives them this. He, you know, he gives Aaron the um, the ephod that they, that he may wear, wear the of them before God. So I just think it's really like generous of God that He just like and simply with Yeshua, like He invites us and He gives us things we didn't even know we could ask for.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the sh- the which is Himself really. is yeah, th- I mean, the, the poignant thing appears to be um, if we think that God chose and desired to dwell among us you only have the very beginning of the story because he didn't want to just dwell among us he wanted to interact and be connected with us he wanted to have relationship with us and that demands the going in and the coming out and the the doing business together of life and this is what he came up with that that might happen And you're right. For those who say there's no grace in "quote unquote" the Old Testament, you you just missed one of the best parts. And then to see it come to its fruition as this is simply a picture of what will be then and ultimately with Messiah Yeshua, who is the exact image or icon of God. All right. Well, yeah, I mean you did pretty good. Joseph Yes something
7: real quick you know one, one of the things that especially people who come from a Christian background have a tendency to do is try and always do a, a, a
0: spiritualization
7: not, not in the same way that Lori did because that was exactly right. He, he is the representative of us before God. but one of the problems with the high priesthood is that we try and do the same representation in in Yeshua and every and his work. And and we run we run afoul when we try and overlay the 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 whole system of uh, uh, korbanot, the offerings of the of the uh, you know, first five chapters right, of right. Leviticus, and try and plug Yeshua into those, and right. it misses the point. Yep. The, the protocol is similar; it's not the same. Correct. To dry, try and try and draw that that conclusion that it's the same that he had to have died on Yom Kippur. or wait, that didn't work. Okay, uh, the blood ran down and went through a rock and hit the, the holy, you know, the, it, somehow yeah. The, yeah. The, the, the Ark of the Covenant was there and the mercy seat. That, right. you know, <laughs> or, 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 or that a human sacrifice
0: could actually be the same
7: as exactly, a lamb. Exactly, exactly. You know, the, the problem with it is that we need to understand as, as people that read the book, not mechanically, but as if it were living, mm. That that when God uses symbols and, and homilytic ways of describing things, uh, He's not trying to always draw a one-for-one one comparison. He wants us to remind He wants to remind us that the
0: systems are similar. And and to your point, I think the book of Hebrews, as you've taught, gives us a good, hey, you think this was good and it had a purpose. This is even better. Different. But they're not equivalent. Exactly. If they were equivalent, the book of Hebrews would have been completely different. Okay, here is the before and after for every single piece. See, he did this, that's because he was... And it doesn't do that. It doesn't do it at all. But When we we
7: do the equivalence, the problem is, unlike what Lori just did, where she showed Yeshua as a representative of the people the same same way the high priest was, when we do the equivalence game, when we have Yeshua as some people read the book of Hebrews, they immediately can say, well, all this stuff is just secondary. It's it's really diminished. It's bad. And you end
0: up questioning, why do we have all this detail? (laughs) Because if it's just to say this is only pointing to that and nothing more, then you don't need all this detail. And And the irony of it
4: is that the writer of Hebrews is trying to go out of his way to make it clear that this is not Done That's away right. with. Yes, that, right. That it still has a purpose and will always have a purpose, and this is a parallel with similarities. Exactly, and one you, know, you can learn about this one from the other. But you know, the writer of Hebrews is. is trying to actually make it clear, but yet ironically, it's traditional theology has turned it on its head. It's turned it on its head.
0: For I got you in one second Um The idea that we need a high priest. We need a mediator. It's definitely something that you can learn from these passages, without question. Amen? Amen. And he needs to be a very holy man, because he will represent the people before the Holy One. Blessed is (laughs) he. Right? Well, now that's a great parallel to grab. We still need a high priest, but we have a different kind of high priest. He's not a high priest like that high priest, That doesn't mean that high priest was bad. We get a different kind of high priest. Different priesthood. Different temple. Different reason for sacrifice. This priest has a busy job. This priest did it once. They're not the same in any way. Never intended to be so. But we go on to it, and want to grab that.
2: Yes, sir. I think when we're reading a passage like this, um, there's such a danger to over spiritualize to the point where it loses its significance. And then ironically enough, when you over-spiritualize it, you eventually rule out its ne- necessity, so then you don't read it anymore. And it reminds me of the way that I think you could almost treat the book of Re- Revelation in a similar sense. Revelation is all about future and prophecy, and all that, or a lot of it is it'd be very easy if you just, just wanted to read it for like a prediction book to get either very frustrated with it and it'd be like, well, let's look at the spiritual significance. What do these images mean? And you spiritualize the whole thing and then it's like, well, we don't really need to read this anymore because it's obvious, you know, we got the pictures, we don't need, it's all about Yeshua anyway. Um, but, but the point of Revelation and the point of this, I think, for us today is, is, part, is, is partly helpful for detail in case we end up in a situation where we could use it. But if not, I think the issue, the the main message we should be getting out of it is not to diminish it, but rather to see what it teaches us about Hashem. And I think that in both cases, it teaches us about the holiness and the awesomeness of Hashem. If If you read the prophecies in Revelation, you see the judgment of God. The terrifying, awesome unbelievably oh my goodness let's all hide under mountains kind of judgment of God Mm. that should make you shake even if you are one of his people in the same sense this should teach us the holiness of God the incredible minute detail and if anything goes wrong you die and
0: his unbelievable concern and
2: care for his people and high regard As 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 well as his approach as far as teaching his people I think that's also really cool he specifically makes this so detailed because it's so important. And then he walks Moses through the whole thing. We're going to get like a lot of this stuff again right. in Leviticus when it happens. God is making sure they knew exactly the way that it had to be done. And I think that, if anything, that should hopefully emphasize its importance. And as we're doing our various interpretations, kind of the pardes level, I think a lot of times, I know a lot of times people like, they like to hover on these in the sode. It's like, let's focus on the mystical elements of this. And it's like, that's the bottom. The first levels, the, the simple, obvious one is where you start. Then you compare it to other things to see how cool it is, not to diminish it. Right. And then you're thinking about, well, what's the message that God's trying to send? The last thing you do is, this reminds me of, you know, this mystical, spiritual, cool concept. Because or the you, Indiana
0: Jones movie with those stones that glow. Right. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Turn to chapter 29 and verse 19 while Mary talks.
6: I just think that that just helped me figure out that first uh, thing that described the temple that they may be ashamed of their sins. I think that right. any part of what he said. So it's exactly. that yeah. an just think
8: of You're Just, I was going to quickly I'll add on to something that yeah. Joshua was saying. Because, yeah, on the practical level, one of the things that really stood out this year was imagine if you were one of either Aaron or one of the sons, like, how would you you ever be able to drink wine the same? Would you ever be able Mm. to to look at a loaf of bread the same or put on clothes the same or, like, look at a goat the same way? Like, everything, (laughs) every aspect of, like, those little minute details of life that we overlook most often. Would, would be enhanced so dramatically mm. because we see how it relates to God. And, and I death. think, yeah, and it was just reminded me of First Peter 2 where he talks about you know, being a chosen people and a royal priesthood. And I think that is a differentiator of his chosen people is that they do bless him for the bread and the wine because they acknowledge its significance to him. That it's not just something we brush off, that we see him in every aspect I mean, of life. Exactly That's right. why we're, we're chosen.
3: That's good.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, well, Josiah and I are going to flesh out this uh, passage here. Exodus twenty-nine, nineteen. You shall take the other ram, and Aaron and his sons shall lay their hands on the head of the ram. Verse 20, And you shall kill the ram and take part of its blood, and put it on the tip of the right ear of Aaron, and on the tips of the right ears of his sons, and on the thumbs of the right hands, and on the great toes of the right feet, and throw the rest of the blood against the sides. Of the old. Right. This seems to be an absolutely extraordinary yes sir. I'll wait Thank you. A question I didn't that. notice you were um, <laughs> thought you were trying to you know, counterbalance the bait. Um, an extraordinary thing here that these guys are being set apart in such a special way. I mean you get the special garments even if you're not the high priest if you're a priest you still get cool garments and go through the deal and wow and now You've got this funky anointing. It's not just an anointing with oil, but also an anointing with blood on the right lobe, the right thumb, and the right big toe. one says
2: middle of the ear. Okay. Part of the ear. The ear.
7: The thumb of the ear, if mm-hmm. you will. You take the thumb to apply the of one. No, it didn't
0: do that. I'll <laughs> tell you it's a rough crowd. <laughs> <laughs> alright so I asked Josiah is this unique are these men now in a class of one a Kohen has this done to him no. and the answer no. can you elaborate Yes. would you now <laughs> He's killing. It. He's killing. <laughs> Good answer. Yes, you answer. No. Can you read the the passage you've got? That's elaborate. ways, I tell you.
1: Then the priest shall take on the blood of the guilt offering, and the priest shall put on
6: the lobe of the right ear.
0: Lobe. <coughs> Thank you. Go ahead. I was a, a thing
2: the right ear uh, of the one to be cleansed on the and on the thumb of his right hand and
1: on the big toe of the right foot.
0: Josiah, this is a guy who needs to be cleansed. What's he got? Why is he being cleansed?
1: Because of his leprosy.
0: He has leprosy with Zarahat. Somebody, tell me. Why would we treat a man who is walking dead outside the camp? What are we saying when we bring him in, have him go through the third day and the eighth day deal, and when he's all set, what are we doing by doing this? What are we saying? He's like a priest. He's like a priest, he's as pure as a priest at that. So, completely dead unable to be touched, interacted with, he's put out. And now he's brought near. And he's not just brought near, like he can come back home. brought near in the same way that this man can
2: draw nearer than anyone else. Well, I think the key is the connection to sin. Because Sarath has traditionally seen as a punishment for sin. Right, because it's not so just
0: Hansen's disease to leptis. he's or
2: healed... That normally indicates repentance, and Yeshua highlights the significance of the of the of the repentant one to God on multiple occasions. He talks about, you know, the, the no, leaving th- the ninety nine to go for the one, or the ten lepers,
0: and how many turn back and
2: oh, just the one, right? Okay. But the, uh, the but the um, he highlights things like with the prodigal son, the son who comes home. Um, mm-hmm. They they put a robe on him. They kill the calf, and the other son's like, "Wait a minute! I, I I'm a good guy. How come I don't get all the special treatment?" It's like, "Well, you you've had me. You've always been here. Your life's been good. This guy's had you know a rotten experience because he messed up. So we're glad to have him back. He was dead. Now he's alive."
0: And it's all about relationships.
2: And I think that that's I think it's really cool. We talked I think about this a little bit last year. When we got to the, this passage in Leviticus that um, the the, the, Zara, the man of Zarat uh, is going to be looked down upon he, he, he's been in a bad place for who knows how long and people he has literally had to scream unclean and people have avoided him at all costs right. um, in the same sense that the priesthood has to be set apart the priesthood has to be elevated from the rest of the people because their role is holier than the average person um, the man of Zarat gets like a boost as it were to his standing he gets a privilege that no one else gets That's right. which I think helps restore him just to get back the, to normal again. In the eyes of the people. Yeah.
0: Exactly.
7: This is why uh, traditional Judaism treats the Baal Teshuvah, the repentant one, mm-hmm. with such honor, because Hashem shows us that someone who is repentant from sin is, is, uh, is especially close to God, as opposed to the way that we normally would think of it, someone who has never walked away, has a deep relationship with him, God wants us to know
0: that the repentant one is very dear to him. Amen. Because it's back to relationship. And he wants that. So so I was, maybe.
3: Go. I just want to add one. You got you. It's, it's it. interesting the point. Baal Teshuvah means master of repentance. And who was our master of repentance? Okay. Yes. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. That's cool.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, as we were talking about the protocol, if you will, uh, for a man who has leprosy, uh, I was thinking with Yeshua. Healed the leper in Matthew. He told him to go show himself to the priest, right. as Moses commanded. So I'm thinking that it was parts back to this. Absolutely. Yeah, no question about it. We should see this passage when we read the other one. Absolutely. Right. So everything is elevated in holiness for the priest, and he's able to draw closer. And it's a special deal, and he's he's the guy. So why don't we just live like that all the time? Why don't we? Elevate how we eat, what we eat, what we wear, and separate ourselves from the common people. You Pharisee you. I was just going to say, who did that, right? I mean, that was that was the, the Amha Aris, right? That's what the Pharisees would do. They would elevate and wash in such a way that everything they did was already brought up to the sanctity of the temple. What's wrong with that? It's
7: not the
0: temple. It's not the temple. But it's prophetic. Yeah. Because all, all Jerusalem's going to go Good. So we, you, you get a half a check. <laughs> but if you raise everything up to that level, then what have you really done You've to diminish. the other? You've, You've it. diminished it, right? Just like If there's no more the below average children,
3: everyone's perfect. Everyone gets an A. Right? <laughs> exactly right. I, yeah, just want to add to okay. I just want to underscore a point I made earlier. In terms of the <laughs> glory, by doing that, are we doing it to glorify ourselves, or to glorify the Holy One, Blessed be He, the Kaddish who? And I think any person, you know, that considers themselves religious, it's so important to remember that: Are we doing it for our glory, or for the greater glory? Amen. Yeah, righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees, right? I mean, it's like, what's the intention there? Exactly.
4: Exactly. Yes. So just picking up on that, the whole concept of the uh, of the leper it brought to my mind the famous passage from <coughs> Romans chapter six: "The wages of sin is death." Right. So here you have a, a leper who presumably contracted this condition. Uh, the sages say that's typically associated with, with uh, evil tongue, evil speech, gossiping, things of that nature, but. Nevertheless, some sort of sin is understood to be this, the reason the person contracted it, and he's as good as dead. Wages of sin is death. But the gift of God, the free gift of God, is eternal life through Messiah, which is to say, if there's the repentance, then he can draw near, and, and he can come into the presence of the Holy One, blessed be he
0: and reestablish that relationship and connection.
3: Good. I just want to add a point to what you mentioned. There's a story in the New Testament where a man is blind. And one or more of uh, Yeshua's disciples ask him, is he blind because of a sin? That blind that Bartimaeus. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. That it, maybe his parents or someone committed a sin. And What did Yeshua say? His blindness is for... Blind. God. Exactly.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Were you making noise? Stroking the
0: stroking the uh, stroking the beard, there, but your noise. Yeah, no. It was your noise. Sorry. Yes, sir. I
7: I would have. Uh, I think it would be just a marvelous sight to be able to see all of this. I mean, that's one of the things that's really neat about reading this. Is these are things that we would normally, even as a normal Israelite, would never see. It. Right. So we're given we're given like a peek behind the curtain, and the, and the detail. But it's not just a detail. Uh, that's happening in in an abstract sense, or in a non-linear sense. These are details as we read, as we go through this book. These are details that are followed in a, in a chronological order that are it, that is extremely precise. And, and it brings to mind not to, not to compare jobs at all, but it brings to mind my job. And my job is to watch other people do the same job that I do, and to constantly be evaluating: is it perfect or not? Right. And it's not on a scale of, and it's not on a scale of yes or no. It's on a scale of. Did they correct any faults that they made previously? All those kind of things. Did one pilot correct the other pilot? And constantly being able to measure it against the standard. And the standard is perfection. The F.A. constantly tells us there's nobody perfect. But if you, as the average person, were to watch, and something you would never get to see, but if you were to watch a crew show up in an airplane and fly it from point A to point B and see the intricate nature of everything they do and know that everything was exactly chronologically correct. Every word that was spoken, everything that was done, every switch that was switched, was done in the correct order. If you were to watch it, you wouldn't see all the faults. All you'd say is, wow, that's amazing. How did they do all that? How did they remember how to do it? Whereas me, who's been trained to watch for the faults, I can say, actually, it wasn't that great. They made all sorts of mistakes. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was safe, but that's why we have all those various ways to do it, is to make sure that it's safe. So I think when we read it, we would go, Wow, that's just amazing, the intricate details and you know Yeah. But God expected it to be done perfectly. If you know, we don't and do people do look at it and go, that was perfect, time. right? That's right. We would
0: miss it. That's good. That's good. Very good.
2: People die. Final comments. Yes. The last part of this portion um, I think is interesting because Dad mentioned it's chronological, and the sages catch on the fact that it's a little odd that the last thing that the tabernacle, is discussed by the tabernacle here, is the incense altar, which is a bit weird because A, it's not mentioned in connection to the altar, B, it's not mentioned in connection to the inside of the tabernacle. In fact, we've gotten past the, the, the furniture, past the, the priestly garments, past the offerings, we even got into like God's little summary of what all this was about, and then we talk about the uh, the altar here. But it's interesting because in the in the apostolic writings, Revelation, there is a linkage between the incense and the prayers of the saints. Papers as well. And um, I think uh, yeah. And then we also have um, the sages oftentimes connect uh, incense with like good deeds. And 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 I was thinking we were talking this morning about this passage that I think this should help us to, to make the our prayers much more serious, Amen. because the altar is only mentioned when God has already laid out all of the other pieces. And I think that when we talk about incense, how I feel like there are times it can be so taken for granted. We talked about Nadab and Abihu; they get excited and they do the wrong thing. Uzziah comes into the temple and says, "I can offer incense," and the priests go, "No, you can't," and he breaks out with leprosy. You know, so they've got, like, all of these, uh... Okay, I can't. Okay, you can't. The point being, though, is that I think there's a, there's a... Ironically enough, incense seems to be one of those things that just anybody thinks they can do. Well, I can do that. Just, you know, put some stuff on a fire, and it does smoke, and it smells really good, and God is happy, I'm happy, it's a great deal. Um, but God takes it very seriously, and even though it may seem simple, and a lot of people want to try and copy it, it's saved for last. Because it's like, if all the other pieces are not in place, this is not pleasing to God. And I think that that's true with prayer, too. I think that when in Proverbs it says that the prayers of the wicked um, are are a disgrace to God. He doesn't, he doesn't appreciate those at all. I like,
0: like to parallel it more with the righteous deeds of the saints than I do with prayer. Because I think that's more where the apostolic scriptures come from. In Romans chapter 12, I believe, Paul says that our lives, what we do, how we live,
2: should be like a fragrant aroma going up to God. Well, I guess I was looking at the prayer in the sense that, like, um, if, you've, if you've ever walked through your siddur and read the commentary and the pieces, the whole passage of the prayers is designed to escalate the holiness of your real experience with God Absolutely. and to emphasize that holiness. And I think that oftentimes, just like with incense, prayer is something that we can very easily take for granted. It's something we just do, we think in our head, and we you know pray, say a prayer we're driving in our car, or we or we just... You can do the prayers from the siddur, even, very rotely. And I think that um, I feel like what I've maybe been reminded from this particular comparison is to remember that this is a very holy experience. Praying to God is literally attempting to enter the presence of Hashem in a, in a spiritual sense. Amen. And in that respect, it needs to be given that sanctity. It's not something that I should just be doing in the bathroom per se. You know, It's not something that I should be... Um, Dismissive with, or feel like it's just another thing I can do, yeah. um, mm-hmm. like texting my brother.
0: Sure, adding uh, adding some accoutrements, mm-hmm. like wrapping tefillin, putting on your tulle, washing your hands, etc. making sure you're can, focused can can raise making sure your, your lifestyle is, is matching what you're praying. Oh, sure, mm-hmm. yes, sir. I beg your pardon. Mm-hmm. I skipped you.
5: Before. I think I'll that stepped out. I think that that's a great point because in the in the Talmud, the whole tractate on Yoma, which is 88 folios long, the biggest subject that's talked about out of everything is the offering of the incense out of everything that happens that day. Yeah. and For Yom Kippur, correct. Yeah. And it's one of the biggest honors. They, they cast lots to see who is going to get this, this honor of offering the incense. And there's more discussion about people trying to get that honor or doing as much as they can to maybe tilt the odds or really reveling in it when they do get the honor of offering incense because I think it's, a big, it, it's such a huge deal and it's in the siddur that when, if you pray through your shakari, it's in there. Every time you pray, the portion of the Talmud about offering the incense and you think, what, what's the point of this? And I think it's, it's both prayers and good works combined because praying is a good work when you understand what you're really doing there and I think about it like the, the amount of honor that God bestows upon when you pray properly with seriousness, because I think about Acts where Cornelius was praying, and God responds to that by saying, your prayers have ascended to me. And it's almost as if we owe a lot to Cornelius, Amen. because that prompted the Gentiles to come Amen. in Amen. to the good team, as it were. <laughs> so. I mean, we can talk about, yeah, God was gonna do that all along, but what prompted it was, it was the, the choice <laughs> of... the That's right. <laughs> <laughs> this,
0: is uh, uh, this man was first. Go. I was thinking... Too slow. Whether
8: it's, you know. <laughs> whether, yeah, whether it's prayer or righteous deeds or the same thing, it's, it's interesting that later on, the incense is something that you can never make for yourself.
0: And you're not supposed to smell it anywhere else, either. Mm-hmm yeah so that's, mm. It, mm. It, it's cool that yeah, it is cool yeah oh, that'll preach you don't ask why. yeah <laughs> uh-huh. yeah
4: right right uh-huh. yes uh, a thought as we are talking about prayer somebody mentioned it's a yeah uh, you know when when you lay and you put on the shell rush through, through the head uh, what's on what's what's on the side of the of the shell It's a
0: shin with an extra, an extra, extra on
4: Well, on one side it's a shin, and on the other side it's a shin with an extra, right? The point is the shin is uh, symbolic of a name for God, Shaddai. Mm-hmm. So as we are entering the presence of the Holy One, blessed be, in our prayer time, we actually were, in some ways, sort of, not really, but sort of like. The Kohan Hagadol, and in that emblazoned on our head is this this symbol for the name of Hashem. And then on the other side of the of the of the box is this weird kind of Shin because it's got an extra little thing on it, you know. And and it's like you know a Shin is normally three, but now we have you know four, and it's like it's kind of it's it's. Got this extra thing. What, what's all? What's all of that about? Well, it's interesting that um, uh, there's not a whole lot. At least I haven't found a whole lot of discussion about the tradition of why there's this extra, you know, um, arm. arm on the shin on the on the right side of the Shalrosh. But one one really cool midrash is that. Because the shin is, it looks like a flame, right? Um, and it's a, and we, know that, we know that Hashem is like a consuming fire. Um, and so the shin on our head, it's like, it's kind of a picture of fire resting on us, right? Mm-hmm. But on the right side of the bat- batim, of the box, we have this flame that's split which harkens back to Acts chapter two with cloven tongues of fire, which is a picture of the Spirit of God. So when we go before the Holy One, blessed be He, in prayer, we're, 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 we carry His name and we are anointed, as it were, with, by the Spirit of God for that purpose to offer up prayers in that in that home. I just find that extraordinarily cool <laughs> with respect to you know. Yeah. What we see with the high priest and the, and the protocol, as it were, for prayer. Very, cool. really
3: cool. very nice. Yes, yeah, I just want to uh, add to what you mentioned that one of the greatest things that a Kohen can do is to offer the incense. It's one of the greatest privileges. And they would draw lots for it. And I'm sure many of us know that in the Gospels, Zechariah was selected to do that very thing. And there's a Hebrew concept called Mida Connected Mida, which means measure for measure. Sir, he was he sought was to do something so special, and yet, much like Hannah that wanted a child and went before Eli, was given that child, and that child became Samuel, the same thing. But the difference, of course, was is that Zechariah doubted because he was so old and his wife was so old. We know who his son was, John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. So here he had the privilege to do this, and here Hashem gave him a special privilege, too, that he'll be the father of the person that would bring Announce the world becoming a I mean
6: But don't we pray to our Father too?
3: I'm oh, sorry? Pray to our
6: Father. And yes. I think that has Right, because of the relationship. Of, you know, where, yeah, you could pray when you're driving in the car. Or right, but no, I didn't Yeah, no, those, yeah you know, nothing, you know, nothing about not praying. I don't mean to
0: make it sound like a flip, you know, Right. but also our Father, our only King. No question. Yeah, yeah. No question. But, but I do think mm. that there are some who just flippantly pray,
2: and, yeah. you know. and it has got to be a balance, it right? It becomes very rote, or it can be used as, like, they only pray when they need something. Yeah. Yeah. God's on a vending machine. Yeah. it's no, not. That's what I was, and that's what I was trying to get. I certainly wasn't diminishing, you know, praying in the car. I did that, too. But sure. I mean, just that... Whenever we pray, we need to take on that level of holiness, realizing this is this is a big deal. You
6: bet. Right, I'm talking to
0: God, and it's a tremendous privilege. Yeah,
2: yeah, he's not a buddy. Right. Right.
0: Mm. Okay, so mm. no. just you know, so preparing 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 the grip. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, I close with this then. Um, this this particular passage is actually used in the. Uh, in the Talmud, I think it's in uh, Shabbat something or other um, and, uh, about the story of a Gentile and um, he happens to be Italian, he to be Italian. <laughs> and he, he, he goes by the window <laughs> and the kids are learning the Torah and they're actually reciting this particular passage about the garments of the Kohen Gadol and he hears this and decides that he wants to be Kohen Gadol and the story goes that he goes to Shemai, who hears uh, instead of, you know, teach me to tell, you know, the, the Torah while I stand on one foot. This is a different guy. This guy says, you know, I uh, I want you to make me a proselyte so that I can be the high priest. And Shemai smacks him with the builder's cubit that he's always got and uh, <laughs> sends him off because of impertinence. And uh, so he goes to Hillel. And Hillel says, well, you know, that's no problem. Uh, but you know, for a king to reign, he needs to understand politics and people and for for a priest to to rule, he he needs to understand the word of God and the protocols and so forth. So you study the Torah and come back and we'll talk about it. And as he begins to study, he realizes right away he cannot ever, under any circumstances, regardless of who he is or how good he is, he can never be the high priest. And he goes back. To Shemaiah and he goes, What? Get hit me with the wood? What, what couldn't you just tell me? You're a Gentile, you can never be the high priest. And he walks away, he goes back to Holel and he says, Master, that you would allow me to become a believer. That's what, this, that's what the Talmud says. That you would allow me to become a believer is so wonderful. Now let me let me learn the rest of the Torah. How cool that this detail. And, if you will, regal nature of these clothings can bring such a move in the heart of a man. We should, uh, we should take note mm-hmm. of what's going on. Final comments? Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am.
6: Besides the detail, which I find fascinating, because if it wasn't there, I'd be curious, is the beauty of it. Mm-hmm. And then one of the things that just, you know, looking outside is amazing, but I think to see that our God is so creative. Amen. And it's and not all
0: grays. Motto I mean, colors. You know, I'm, I'm
6: just enthralled by the, the beauty
2: that he represented as he represents his people.
0: Yeah, I think that's really yeah it really is. Yeah, there's a there's a beauty he's associated with the representation of his people. And that really is neat. And it makes me want to know him more. Because he must think highly
3: of his people. That's good. Yes. Uh, Yeshua said that there'll be one shepherd and one sheepfold. And it also mentions in the prophets that I shall make you a nation of priests. So it sounds like with a confluence of those, that all of us will be priests. Yeah. Yeah. At least the sheep yeah. goats. Yes, yeah. ma'am. Mm-hmm. I just
6: wanted to back up with what said. You know, she talked about beauty and everything. And we, we just, Greg and I just got a, um, a, a little from Jewish Jewels, and it was all on um, one and love. And what I got from all of this is love. You know, I mean, we everything else, but it's, it's really the Father's love. It's obvious. Hashem's love for all of us, for Amen. His people, for His children. Mm-hmm. And so the beauty of everything, then there's a love. And the amazing thing with, you know, how we say in the Shema, you know, uh, you know our God is one. Well, the number one, if you take the numerical uh, value of of what it says, our God is one, is number 13. Okay. When you take the, numer- the numerical value for love, is 13. So one and love is 13. And then right after that, you know, the Shema, it says, you shall love the Lord your God. And he showed how that word love and that word one are one and the same. That's so good. God is one, he's love. It's all, Amen.
0: It's all there. It's a direct quote from the Master. Mm-hmm. Are you just holding up the wall we
7: need, we need to point out that the man standing in the corner looks remarkably like every man in Jerusalem that has a little boy that's he right, right yeah. there. that's right I
0: <laughs> mean let us pray good father we thank you for the word of God the, the privilege it is to see as almost all of us as Gentiles the beauty and majesty of the garments worn by your priest representing your people before you in your temple. Father, I pray that we would not trivialize it, we would not become flippant about it, or just dismiss it as some kind of a that-was-then-this-is-now type of thing. As many men and uh, women have raised today, a reminder that there will be another temple. I personally believe that this temple that we've read about today in Ezekiel will be when your son reigns. In Jerusalem. And I pray Father that we would all here have the privilege of drawing near, of approaching. And we thank you for it because of Messiah Yeshua in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen.